This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Happy New Year, Clint. How was your holidays? Oh, it was great. Happy New Year. I hope you guys had a had a good uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I know mine was mine was great, filled with lots of uh, traveling, lots of unboxing, putting together <laughs> toys. So, you know that that part is not necessarily as fun as is. As I remember when I was getting toys, but it's always it's always uh, exciting to give your you know your your girls or your kids some some gifts. So that's fun. No no doubt about that, and also exciting because you're coming off a win for Oklahoma State. Let's just first of all go back to the bowl game. It's our first time on. I know the game was a while back. Our first time on since then. What was your assessment of the game and your wrap up of it, so to speak? Yeah, you know, I thought it was as you know, kind of a a really nice exclamation point on on a, a pretty weird year um, obviously the ups and downs losing to South Alabama you know getting on that run getting hot beating Kansas Kansas State OU um, and then and then dropping one inexplicably to, to Central Florida the way we did losing in the championship game and then getting the rebound against a team that was obviously shorthanded in Texas A&M but you know, when you've got a team that's that's recruited as well as they have there's still a ton of talent out there so oh, yeah. you know it was a really good to, to kind of you know, just put a bow on this year, I think, for a lot of the guys um, that had the opportunity to decide to maybe return or go. I think that that is something that will help them uh, maybe hopefully come back and, and leave, you know, a good taste in their mouth and want to try to run it back with the, these guys. But, um, you know, offensively, I thought it looked great. You know, it's, it's what I've kind of been preaching all year. I think you get Brendan Presley 10 to 15 touches. Obviously, he has had 16 catches. Um, and then Rashad Owens, his emergence has been absolutely huge, you know, with Deshaun Stribling going down, him and Leon Johnson being those outside receivers, um, and him stepping up, I think, was was really big. And he made some big-time catches. Ollie Gordon's going to be Ollie Gordon, and we saw that. Um, and then, you know, defensively, it's, 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 you know, it's the Nick Martin show, right? He's going to make every tackle on the field. And so um, I, was, I was really impressed. I thought, I thought they did a great job of preparing and, and beating a team that, you know, they may have been shorthanded, but those guys have a lot to play for at Texas A&M, trying to, trying to get good tape out there for their new coaching staff. So I thought it was a great win. Yeah, and you talked about, you know, the, the Leon. I thought Leon and Presley together were unstoppable. Presley's coming back. Ollie, of course, is coming back. We hear, of course, too, that, you know, Colin Oliver's coming back, losing Xavier Benson. But the question I had, someone asked me, and i got to ask you as a guy who's a quarterback, do you want Alan Bowman back is what someone told me. I, someone told me they didn't want him back. Would you? want Alan Bowman back? Or are you ready to take the next step? You know, I think that really depends. Um, I, I've been beating the drum for Alan Bowman uh, since, since week one of this year. I thought he should have been the guy. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that you need to look at. Um, I think I, I would hope that the development for Rangel and, and Zane Flores is to the point where, you know, you could get one of them out there. If the coaching staff does not feel like that's the case, um, then I'd be happy to welcome him back. You know, a veteran guy, I don't think depth at that position would ever hurt. Um, and I think, you know, with, with it's going to be interesting, I think, to see what happens with Gunnar Gundy. Um, I think showing a little bit of, of what may be in store if he decides, because obviously if he wants to come back, he'll be able to do so. I don't think that coach is going to make him, you know, <laughs> leave. Uh, but, but adding that little element of having a rushing quarterback, um, I think would really open things up in the red zone for Ollie Gordon. So, if you think of, of, of that circumstance, Alan Bowman may not necessarily fit if they're wanting to get a little bit more um, athleticism at the quarterback position. But I, I really like Alan. I think he's done a great job. Uh, he stepped into a program after losing Spencer Sanders that really needed a veteran guy. Um, and you can't argue with the results. I mean, you, you, 
people may not have liked the way he, he played sometimes. And then, uh, you know, I heard all about throwing off his back foot, throwing the ball away too much, but the guy made it to a conference championship game. And, and I don't think you can argue those results. No, absolutely not. We're talking to Clint Shell, former Oklahoma State quarterback. He's our OSU insider here doing football. It is 840 on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse. Clint, do you think that there's a possibility at all of, you know, if Alan Bowman doesn't come back, that OSU could go back into the portal for, for a quarterback, depending on how they feel about either Flores or Rangel, and maybe if they're not ready by the time August comes? You know, that would be that would be very tricky, I think. I think that they would um... – Likely, likely try to keep Gunner and and one one run one of those three guys out. Um, I I think you know when you get into a situation where you're having to wait, then you're kind of just left with whatever whatever's left in the portal. I think you've seen a lot of these quarterbacks, the the high end guys that uh, have committed to to schools already. So I don't think you want to rush into just making sure you you have a guy and he may not be a fit uh, when you've got two younger guys and then obviously with Gunner there, uh, but just. It just I think you may run into a situation where if you if you just try to grab any guy and 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 you go ahead and play him that what happens to Rangel and Flores and their um, you know development do one of them think that they need to leave then if, if they've had two two separate instances where the coaching staff has brought in a guy from the outside because they don't feel like they're um, you know ready to play yet so I I think if Alan Bowman um, doesn't get his waiver which you know, it's looking to me like he's he's probably going to. Um, you know, I, I would assume that they would stand pat with the quarterback room uh, as it is. But you know, who knows with with nowadays if somebody jumps in late that they feel is a good fit. Um, you know, that might be an option. But I would I would like to see Zane Flores and Garrett Rangel get a, get a shot. Is there one of those two that you mean? I don't know how much film you've seen on on Flores. I'd seen some of him. We know a little bit about Garrett already. Is there one that you see a bigger upside in? You know, there's probably a higher upside with, with Zane. Uh, you're right. I haven't I haven't been able to watch a ton. I've watched him throw in practice a few times, um, and and I really I really felt like, um, you know, he was kind of the future, even though as raw as he was. Um, but but I really liked Garrett Rangel, and I thought from last year to this year, um, when I was over at practice before the season, he had made, you know, a ton of a ton of leaps and bounds difference from from where he was last year i thought his his release he throws a he throws a very catchable ball um i thought his decision making in the few games he played in early in the year was a lot better and i felt like he was he was really going through his reads um that was one thing that last year i didn't know as much as it looked like he was just locking in on the first read and throwing it and and i saw him in that first game especially go through and get to his third and fourth read which is big development for him so i would say just off raw ability that, that Zane Flores probably has a higher ceiling, but um, as a guy who, you know, probably has a lot of parallels uh, to, to Garrett Rangel, I would always like to see him at least get his shot um, and get to play and start a few games before they, you know, move to the to the younger guy. Yeah, a couple more moments here with Clint Shelf. He's our OSU insider, a former Cowboy quarterback. If you'd like to ask a question, you can on our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Before we leave the quarterback position, I I've got to ask you this: I have always hated the term game manager. I think it's a disparaging term for when a quarterback's not a Kyler Murray or a Baker Mayfield. I've seen game managers go win Super Bowls like Trent Dilfer. It, that's what I've heard, you know, said of Island Bowman, which I think is probably fair. When you hear the words game manager or that term, what comes to mind for you? And do you like it or hate it? 
Oh, I, I hate it. I hate the game manager because, and simply because um, I think it has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. I think just like when you call somebody a system quarterback, it's like, what does that even mean that I'm really good in this system? Like, yeah, that's, I mean, the system is, is where I'm at. That's what it's built for. Um, so, so I've always hated those two things. It, to me, it just largely means that you have a really good team around you, which is always a positive. Um, and, and, you know, if you play smart football and you don't turn the ball over, uh, you're you're going to probably be be labeled a game manager if you're not you know a big rushing stats guy. So I've always thought it. it I hated the term simply because I think people kind of relate it to being a negative thing. When mm-hmm. in reality, I always approach the position as okay. I'm here to distribute the ball to guys that are way more athletic than me that can make really cool plays. And and as long as I don't give it to the other team and mess it up. Uh, then, then, you know, I've done my job. And, and if I have the opportunity to maybe scramble to run and make a play, that's just, that's just, you know, an ability that I have that I want to, you know, help this offense with. But I've always, we, we, I have that, you know, talk a lot with people. They ask about system quarterbacks and, and I've always just said, you know, I think people have a negative uh, view of that, but in reality, it just means you're doing a really good job and you've got a really good team around you. Yep, I I completely agree. All right, so let's go about the guys coming back. We know it's going to be Colin Oliver, Ollie, and and Brennan Presley. Not not yet sure, pardon me, about Allen. And we understand that having Ollie back is a big deal. What does losing Xavier Benson to the NFL mean? Yeah, you know, he was kind of like one of those one of those unsung heroes, like uh, for people who watch a lot of football, you know, you always hear about the offensive line, not being guys that you ever, you always hear about the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers. Well, Xavier Benson was kind of that guy uh, on the defensive side of the ball. He was a very consistent player, uh, very good tackler. And he was asked to do some very difficult things. You know, he was out in space quite a bit. He had to make uh, really good reads. He was kind of the guy for this defense. That was the conflict player. He was kind of, halfway outside the box playing on the pass, but also had to be responsible for the run game. And so losing a guy like that is, is very difficult. Um, he was, he was by all accounts, a really good locker room guy, a, a great leader. Um, and I think he was kind of the, kind of the glue of that defense that he kind of kept them even keel. You've got guys, obviously you mentioned, you know, Nick Martin, uh, we've got Colin Oliver returning. I think Colin Clay just announced that he's coming back, which is a big, a big get up front. So, uh, guys like that are, are, are maybe not the biggest stat guys, but it's really difficult to replace them in a sense of they're going to be the guy that does a lot of really, you know, a lot of things really good and, and doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Is there someone on this team or some, is there a group on this team you really expect to excel next year? And, and overall, what do you think about this team going into next year? Oh, I mean, I think, I think, this is a team that their expectation should be conference championship game and then uh, a playoff berth. I think when you return as much as you've got, um, that should be the expectation, especially coming off a 10-win season. Um, you mentioned all the guys that have returned, a couple additions, nice additions for depth in the portal at, at safety, which is a, a point of concern, and offensive line, which you can't ever have enough you know, depth with those guys. But the group I'm looking forward to seeing, and, and I think can really take that next step, is the wide receivers. I think Coach Dunn is a, is a great uh, wide receivers coach. You get Deshaun Stribling back, who I still think is a guy that will be a complete difference maker. I think he's going to be uh, the best receiver that we have, obviously, with Brennan Presley returning. Um, Chetron, you've got a bunch of guys that I think can really take the next step. And, and if that's the case, 
you know, it's just going to make that job easier for Zane Flores, Garrett Rangel, or if Alan Bowman returns. So I'm really excited to see that development and specifically getting to watch Dijon Stribling come back uh, and, and, and make a lot of plays. Yeah, Stribling, Owens, and Brennan alone. I mean, who are you going to cover? That's all there is to it. All right, so real quickly, let's get into last night's games and coming up. Um, I, You know, you and I had talked yesterday a little bit by text. I'd picked Bama and you picked Michigan, so you were right on that one. We both had Washington, and you said, I think they're going to be close. They were both really close. First blush, who's going to win the title? Gosh, it's it's you know it's tough it's tough not to like that that Washington team. I know Michigan, uh, they're they're kind of the the bullies on the block, and that's why I like them to beat Alabama. But um, if you're not going to be able to generate a ton of pressure on Michael Penix with those receivers and those weapons, uh, they can just throw the ball downfield, and it looks a lot like you know they're not obviously as talented as that that Joe Burrow LSU team, but. You know, those guys outside are, are, are NFL caliber guys. I think Michael Penix is, is one of the best arm talents I've seen in a while. So, you know, I'll, I'll say I'll say I'll pick I'll pick Washington tentatively to, to pull an upset. But, um, you know, I don't feel great about that. Yeah. Well, everybody in this nation who's not a Michigan alum is pulling for Washington because Michigan's kind of the bad guys. And Washington's this upstart good guy that nobody thinks about. I do love the fact it's an old uh, Rose Bowl type matchup. It's an old Pac-12 Big Ten. I mean, is the Pac-12 exits. What could be better, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's a shame for Michigan because they had the opportunity if they don't have you know, the scandals mm-hmm. to kind of maybe be the good guys. They're the yep. team that gets to knock Alabama out, knock the SEC out. So, <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate for them, but I'm like you. I think I think there's going to be a lot of Husky fans uh, come Monday night. No doubt. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. We might check in you one, within you one more time next week to get an even closer detail about this thing, but I appreciate you being with us. Thank you very much. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. Have a happy New Year. You too. That's Clint Shelf. He is our Oklahoma State football insider. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.